All right, welcome back. Episode five, Wing It Podcast, GooseDigital.com. Who do we have? Oh, Robin Kroll. Kevin Butler. Riley Murray. Michael Turksani. Okay, today we are talking about customer journeys. It's a new lingo, Kev. It's the new way of marketing, I think. It's the new buzzword. Everybody's latching on to customer journeys. We're, we're going to latch on to it too. We already have been. I think, here's what I think though. I think the days of one-off siloed tactics are, are well and over, right? Whether it's B2B or B2C, I think any buyer today needs to be engaged with and needs to interact back with the brand or the, the company. And I think when we say journeys, we're talking about a series of those interactions that are planned or, or um, reacted to through technology as a means to do so. So we're going to talk about what is customer journeys, what are customer journeys, how did we get here with, how did we arrive at customer journeys, quote unquote, um, why it's important to go through a planning process, uh, and then how would you actually do that planning process? Because we're kind of in the throes of that on a daily basis. So why don't we talk about how did we get here? used to be called marketing automation, used to be called automated programs. What else did they used to call it? Email marketing. Email marketing, <laughs> point and shoot, touch points, omni-channel. What would Spray we... and pray, all those, yeah. all those things. But you know what? I love the fact that it's called a customer journey because the first word is customer. That's right. right? Yeah. Everything else is just all about the, the automation, the technology, when really mm-hmm. it's the customer who we're trying to attract here. So they should be the first word out. Okay, you're all going to roll your eyes because you've heard me say this a million oh, times, no. but I think marketing automation is a bad name for marketing automation. Oh, yeah. <laughs> mm. It's not like set no, no, and forget. We're like, nodding. We're nodding in agreement. I've created an email. I'm done for the day. It's yeah. 9.15. What, what, what about, okay, so then there's also, well, that's another bad name is this whole lead to revenue management platform because that silos it pretty pretty squarely in only revenue, yeah. right? Marketing automation isn't strictly about the revenue. It's about giving your customers that good experience that they're looking for. That's right. I know it should be like, I don't know, lead to revenue. Cause you know, we've actually talked about this before. We got a digital marketing conference earlier this year and I'm on stage talking. I asked a poll the 500 marketers who's here, whose job mandate is primarily around lead gen and like a quarter of the room raised their hand. Right. Yeah. And so it's, yeah, it's more like audience engagement. That's broad, but engagement whether it's converting on revenue or filling out a form or just doing an action right or or moving a customer down to that next step whatever that step happens to be it could be additional you know survey details or um you might be trying to get people to a webinar i mean ultimately a lot of the marketing's role is going to be about revenue uplift but it's never it's not necessarily that straightforward just driving a lead or a mm-hmm. purchase. It's not, it's not linear anymore, it's not right? Linear, so when yeah. you talk about lead to revenue, if you sort of picture that, you would naturally think, you know, there's step one, two, three, four. Everybody kind of goes along that in the, in the same direction. Done. So yeah. nobody can see this, but Riley's, you know, she's... Well, it, she's, it's not even a stepladder. Yeah. It's like a giant circle with pinpoints Exactly, in exactly. So you think of like the concept of a journey is that hopefully you're moving forward but you might move sideways and then backwards and and it's it's very hard to actually you know to to act on and act on it until you can visualize it mm-hmm. right so you gotta you gotta walk through this whole process and think of every possible you know step that a customer can take 
Right. So now you've got a oh, platform. Also, yeah. Um, not necessarily in the same sequential order. Absolutely. Sure. Different Everyone's different journey is sure. different, right? So I think yeah. it's map out the steps or stages you require of an audience to do a thing or that you think needs to happen in order to get to a, a significant milestone, but it doesn't necessarily have to be in the same that order. order. Yeah. Right. So now the, the platforms, to your point, are going... Uh, through the entire customer journey, which means, you know, they were a lead, they become a customer, they are a customer. And now, you know, what, what does the platform do to continue that customer experience along the way? Um, I so, think one of the things we're, sorry to, to cut you off, but just kind of gave me a thought is, I think one of the things we're seeing in marketing a bit now is, one, marketing owns a lot more of the life cycle mm. from, it's not just once they sign the first contract, great, they're off to the account team and the account team owns that I think marketing owns all of that P&L and the money derived from it. Um, but we're also seeing tools, strategies and technologies to say, hey, we're gonna support the in-life part of that cycle more because we actually think it's worth more than the initial contract long-term. And so that's why marketers are focusing a lot more on that part of the journey now. And that's why, Salesforce and Adobe and IBM and Oracle all have marketing clouds now sure. designed to address that. Sure. That makes sense. Yeah. It's, it's, I guess it's the, I don't know, it's the value, right? So, you know, sort of, well, it, it's the value of a continued, uh, the continued customer experience, but it's also a changed focus from, you know, once you're a customer, that's it. We know you're going to continue to be a customer. So we don't have to treat you and vest in you the same way. Well, it, it, mm -hmm. it's not like that anymore, right? No, but I, I think what we're seeing is um, if you're providing the right experiences and the right value, customers will renew and continually invest, and in some cases a lot more than the original contract. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, mm -hmm. I think if you had marketing is, is bringing these platforms into, into the business that now can interact with the CRM, the service tools that are in play as well as all the maybe marketing and e-commerce that side of the the, the tooling mm -hmm. and they're the ones that have now the ability to add that same messaging value and that overall um, approach into these other areas so you don't have that well it just ends here and now someone else's problem it's like well no actually with the same suite of tools we can stitch that experience all the way through and it might still be a customer success mm -hmm. vp or uh, C level that has a level of that uh, you know, CRO that might have that revenue stream on the uh, current customer side, but the marketing platform that's being brought in place is actually the, the technology that is underpinning a lot of that um, value add across their process, sales process, as well as the front end marketing process. So the you know I think what we're seeing is that how did we get to journeys? I guess it's it's largely probably now we're seeing this new breed of marketing automation platforms that allow you to, to really kind of have a journey. In the mm -hmm. past, you, you kind of it was sort of yeah. disjointed and the journey came from a lot of manual process stitched together. Now you, you have the ability mm -hmm. and, more and than ever. And those platforms also allow you to utilize different types of journeys because if you're a B2B business, you can have multiple different customer paths. You can have a customer path that is the small mom and pop shop and you can have a customer path that's going to be that giant global industry. And those are very two very different customer journeys. On the same system. On the same system. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and I love the idea too, if you think of a, a mid-sized marketing department where you have a, a demand gen or a lead gen manager and you have a um, customer 
marketing manager and this idea that um, you can envision that whole journey from sort of start to end. And then at some point in the middle, the responsibility transitions from the lead gen manager to the customer marketing manager. Mm -hmm. And then each can see um, the journey that their peer is responsible for as a means to make it um, consistent all the way through. Like that's just really interesting to me as we look at that because before I think there'd be that clear line where it's I don't know what they did I don't even know if I care I've got this thing to do and does it even make sense in the eyes of the customer at that point yeah I think that's another one of the the really the the powers of um, you know the the new suite of marketing automation Mm -hmm. platforms right so it's not just not just the planning but then that visibility and that reporting because you know, you, you can plan out a customer journey that can be really well thought out, but if you can't see how customers are actually moving through that journey and be able to react and have the right person react, well, it, it's going to fail quickly. And, you, you know, you, yeah. you can plan as best as possible, but it's only when customers funnel through that you can be able to see if you've planned it properly and you can go ahead and sort of shift gears, optimize, and that's yeah. where you're going to continue with the success. Okay, so I think we're all pretty well aligned on how we got here mm-hmm. and uh, this new this new buzzword, this new approach, customer journeys. Let's talk about the importance of planning. How, you know, we'll talk about how to do it. So let's just maybe talk about like why do you have to sit down and plan these journeys, um, and you know, explore the implications of maybe not doing that upfront work and just blasting right into but then also you know why why should you if you're if you're a business owner and you're looking at investing in you know, what could be a, like a sizable digital investment to put in you know the technology and the service uh, to transform your business why it's so important for them to understand well do the customer journey mapping do a level of that anyway when you get going well one, one of the key points that as soon as you were saying that, to go back to my previous statement about how there's within the same business or the same industry, there's multiple different customer journeys. If you're not sitting down and you're not identifying those customer journeys before you start, you could send everybody out on the same path and mm. they're not going to make it all the way to the end of their journey because it wasn't targeted directly to them. Anytime you make it a, an investment, you're going to have, you, you'd want to see, you know, how is this investment actually going to be successful, right? So you go to a base of, of, of uh, you know, building a house, right? Mm-hmm. So you're going to go ahead and, and lay down the money. But as you're building your structure, you're going to have to think, okay, what happens first? What happens next? What do I pull together? Obviously, I've never built a house because I'm not, you're not <laughs> explaining it properly, but hopefully people listening will understand that, you know, you, <laughs> there is a process to, to building a house and that if you just say well I'm just going to build a house and you just throw all the pieces together your house is going to come tumbling down same thing in a, a marketing and uh, you know a marketing automation uh, and a customer journey you, you you make the investment you have to think about how people are going to engage with your brand um, and I think the other part about why you would lay this out at the beginning is thinking about well who, who has to be involved in that conversation, right? Mm-hmm. So there are different people. Kevin, you talked about, you know, uh, someone who's in charge of demand gen versus, you know, customer success. But do you think of all the people in your organization that have visibility or they have, um, you know, it, it's it, they're involved in this customer journey 
from you know customer service reps, mm-hmm. uh, from salespeople, that all are going to be able to contribute to that conversation. And so, how often do those people end up interjecting at a customer cycle during multiple yes, points? It's not exactly. just at one time. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm glad you said that. But the other part, you know, going back to the house analogy, is true. Is you're not just building a bunch of rooms that stand next to and on top of each other. They work. No, you start with together. foundation. That word I know. The foundation. Foundation. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but it's also about how they work together mm-hmm. in sequence, right? Yeah. So, okay, if you want an upstairs and a downstairs, there's a staircase that has to connect, and there has, to, you know, it has to all work together. And I think the same thing for as you piece together these steps in some sort of sequence, ideally, mm-hmm. um, for a marketing journey is this idea of like, does step two make sense in context to step one? Will right. it make sense for step three? And what are the role that each of them play individually? But more importantly, do they all actually make up, you know, communications of the same message? Yeah, and, and lead to the same sort of a trajectory, right? You don't wanna, you don't wanna have everybody walk through your bathroom to get to the dining room. That just mm. doesn't make sense. It's not gonna work. Yeah, if you really have to go to the bathroom, it probably does. <laughs> well, yeah. yes, yes, that's true. Um, yeah, I think if you were, you know, when I think of what you guys are talking about with the various departments and and how, you know, Riley, you said, you know, people aren't necessarily following the same journey and, and people in the business from maybe the more analog, you know, picking up the phone or talking to people, they could be coming in and out at any step too. But when I think of like why you would do this, if a, if a business said, well, we just want to make sure that there's a digital layer running through all everything that we're doing that touches the customer so we, we don't actually know what that means yet but but from a top-down mandate we want a single a single thread to, to to tie through the whole thing so now you guys from a team perspective determine what's the best way so if i if if a executive were to say that be like we're kind of already bought into the benefits of that we would obviously need to test the implementation approaches mm-hmm. for us but when we think of like the ability to get an uptick in revenue or the ability to be more efficient we just believe that having a thread or a layer that stitches through the whole piece that's going to be valuable so if you started there then it's like well of course a customer journey mapping strategy sessions are going to be extremely worthwhile and and get approval because they're going to be well of course, we want to have that conversation because you've laid the top-down mandate. Service is going to be at the table. Sales is going to be at the table. And we're going to look for ways to improve their workflow and the customer's workflow, and it all works. Streamline the sales process, right? Yeah, when it's not – I think when you, when you don't have an executive or a team that really can buy into, well, why would I have that across my whole business – then the, the whole concept of like, why would you do the journey mapping becomes more difficult because I think you run into these silos where other departments now, you know, while we have a system that may be connected to some degree, they're not bought in. So they're not looking for ways to be more yeah. efficient or to uptick, right? Well, that would imply potentially that that organization isn't truly putting the customer first, mm-hmm. right? Or at least the top mandate from leadership should be. Um, the customer does come first, and each of our jobs is really to put them in the middle and build our value prop messaging communications around that. But one of the things I really like that you said, and I think this kind of aligns with a lot of the things we talk about in technology investments, is this idea of starting out small with some sort of have a message or what do you call it, the thin band across the whole journey. Just start there. Like you don't have to have the whole thing figured out at once in order to do it. Like this thing's gonna live, breathe, and evolve 
mm-hmm. as you learn how absolutely your audience engages. So I just I love the idea of just starting out really small and just have one straight line all the way through. It doesn't matter how thick or big it is per se. I think I think no matter how thick or thin that line is, you still have to have some internal management around exactly how those different areas of that line are going to be talking to each other because you're oh, not yeah. doing your customer any benefits if your phone room that's in sales and your email room aren't actually doing the communication together. And I think that's something that maybe businesses don't necessarily think about when they're strategizing about customer journeys. Mm-hmm. They're thinking about the end goal of that customer. They're not thinking about how their web development team is going to interact with the phone room. Absolutely. I, I, exactly. And I think that makes it hard to sell the, you know, vision of doing the customer journey the broader mapping sure. to begin with, because they're going to just see, well, isn't this just, you know, web exercise or a digital exercise over here? Yeah, exactly. Why do we need to talk about these other things, right? Not realizing to your point, Robin, that it really all starts with the customer. Mm-hmm. So if we think of how the customer moves through our business, well, all of a sudden now that, you know, maybe the light bulb goes, goes on. But you get into, you know, complexities because there's, you know, other ways that people people are compensated, and there's different, you know, approaches, mm-hmm. and there's all this other kind of stuff, right? But I love the idea this this house building analogy that no one um, job or or task in building a house really completes the whole thing on its own. It all has to work together. And I think if you if you define that broader strategy, and this is where the executive team has to come together and say the top priority is this. And we've identified that sales and ops and marketing each have, you know, 16% of the pie or whatever. It's about, did you do those things in, in your slice to help propel the journey forward? Not, did you crush it and only you and your department and Sorry, customer service, you didn't, you know, you didn't uphold it. I, I think, I think we need to change the house analogy almost into like a condo <laughs> analogy with an elevator in it or something, because a lot of these customer journeys end up recycling. You're going to go back mm-hmm. down to floor two after you've made your initial investment or purchase or whatever that is, uh, so that you can start your journey again. Right. I know it's funny you say that because um, we have a slide in, in one of our sales decks and it's sort of this, it's this sort of arrow starting from one side of the page and points up to the upper uh, right-hand corner of the other one. It's this idea of marketing automation adoption. You start off on the ground floor and kind of move your way up. But what I don't like about it is it's a straight line and sort of implies there's an end. Mm -hmm. And it should really actually be a circle because I think once you go through and do all the, what we sort of identified as five major stages of adoption, it's like that's probably a three to five year um, process to go and do that and you don't think things have changed from you know that first step in the five years you've gone through and done all these other things so I like the idea of yeah you're right it's I don't know if it's recycling but it's certainly um, there's always work to be done in terms of engaging that audience or changing and improving how we did that and what the process was behind it yeah I think it, and you know it's maybe not recycling but it's it's uh, sometimes it's circling back on your steps or it's it's um, you're taking a slightly different path, but you're still using the same process or in some of the same processes, but you might using be using them uh, in a different way. So if you think of uh, you know a sales process for an initial purchase, and then you might have um, uh, also a sales process, but it might be for an add-on component mm-hmm. right so you're still going back through sales but you're not a brand new customer <laughs> that that elevator that takes you down to level two has actually level two is yeah. renovated <laughs> right mm-hmm. exactly so and you're going somewhere else but you know a little bit and so if you 
you, you know, you, you need to think about it that way because there is that circular. So uh, customers are engaging with uh, the same department for slightly different reasons. And so how does that work in the whole customer journey? So if one department is just focused on delivering one thing, so to your point, Kevin, if they're just saying, you know what, I can tick all the boxes that my process from my main what I'm supposed to be doing that works. They're not thinking about, well, what if somebody mm-hmm. else is coming back to sales for something else, for another, you know, similar reason? Well, they could be creating a roadblock. Yeah. And then you look at, you know, another reason to do it. I think there's a, there's going to be at least one more after this, but would be to sort of obsess over those stages and say, well, wait, well, what does that actually look like when they get to that stage? If they make it to a credit process you know and all of a sudden like what happens like do do they get 15 emails a day like you know do they get a a million phone calls like and and we've just created this this customer journey that like looked and felt so great up here and over here and then all of a sudden it follows into a a portion of, Mm -hmm. of of the environment and where maybe it just destroys destroys faith in the customer's eyes right so right and then if you're not thinking about that you haven't thought about what it's like for the customer exactly to get those 15 emails when if you think about the the longer journey you think oh well maybe we can consolidate that into one or two emails and then you're actually doing the customer service and Mm -hmm. if you think if you can say that in two or three emails instead of into the 15 you're actually shortening the cycle to you know to move to the next step right so you're benefiting the business but you're benefiting the customer as well and that can only happen when you're looking at the the bigger the picture, picture journey. Yeah. you know like we're doing um one of our clients has quite a sophisticated journey we're actually working on right now and and one of the things that we've seen is there's a probably a human tendency to get caught up in the numbers is it you know five emails is it a dozen emails it doesn't matter i mm-hmm. don't think like a number is a number it's more like what does the journey require and how does this actually help the customer experience if it's a really um complex business then maybe it does require a lot of emails and maybe that's okay i mean there's a level of education with the audience to make sure prospect customer whatever that they understand why they're getting so many emails their communications have to be tight and clear in those emails to say hey this is why we're doing this so if it's all logical, then it's fine. No one's complained about a lot of steps if they're well laid out. If they're it, warranted, right? The steps are right, warranted. So right. It's not your end. I can complain about one step if it doesn't make sense. Though. Right. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, people can complain about steps anyways. But I think what we're saying is if you lay it all out and you can see it, you can say, well, okay, we believe this right. is logical. And, and, oh, geez, we realize that's actually a problem because when you – do go down to the second floor and then you come back up, you will get five more emails or, mm-hmm. you know, those don't make any sense. When you right. go down there, they don't even know you're a customer mm-hmm. or you're not leveraging the digital telemetry that is available to you to, to, to sort of inch that process along and you're just sort of treating everybody like a cold, a cold mm-hmm. situation, right? So the other one is, um, I think, is the process and the customer journey, but then it's like, how does it impact inside the company? So if you've laid out this, this multi-step process or, you know, there's a series of things now going on across, across the business, you know, we've always felt that that's like the, probably the best way to drive the downstream dependencies and, and requirements from the rest of the organization. So if you've got a Salesforce team over here and you've got an IT department over there and, and now you've built out what everybody agrees makes sense 
from the customer journey for whatever thing that you might be doing, an acquisition or a customer service. And then it says, well, okay, as a result, those two fields need to tie together. And as a result, that object needs permissions. And as a result, we will need a slightly different piece of data, you know, going forward, right? And now you drive a stream of, of outputs that allow everybody to bring folks like use cases on steroids, right? It wasn't, you know, it's like if you put all the use cases together that made up a thing, customer journey, you could then build your requirements out. I'd love to see, you know, if you think about all these tools, right? And we've, we've had on, on this podcast, we've talked about who owns these new sort of new age marketing technologies, right? Is it IT? Is it marketing? Is it whatever? And I think like what I'd love to see is some sort of like business technology continuity manager type role where the, this individual's role has nothing to do with um, the messaging going on, the attribution or anything like that. Maybe some reporting actually, but it's more like, does this make sense? Like as a quick like side story, I don't know if anyone here watched the show Lost. It's one of my favorite shows. I did. But they had, um, by the end, the plot had gotten so crazy and they were talking in multiple timelines. They had literally a plot continuity manager or right. something like that. <laughs> and this person's job was only only entirely focused on does this actually make sense with what we does said it in the work past? with everything yeah neat. and so that person was responsible to be obsessive over no because jack did this and he saw the dog and whatever mm. and so i wonder as these journeys get more complex as if i got a lost reference in here mm. if that <laughs> there's some sort of continuity business manager which is saying oh that doesn't make sense at all because we said this as sort of the lead in to get this individual into this kind of funnel and we're not adding value because of all these things. Mm -hmm. Hey, marketing, I need your help now. Well, if you think, uh, and I was going to make a pun about getting lost and lost, but I guess that got lost. Anyways, oh. uh, sorry. Uh, but, you know, the exercise of, of building out um, this customer journey, it's not just something you sit around a table and people brainstorm or just stays in your brain. It, your brain, it gets documented, right? Mm. So It's a very collaborative effort. It's, it's very collaborative. People have buy-in. Then you actually have a living, breathing document. So for a continuity manager, um, they can easily go to that document and be able to say, all right, we're, we're going to add something in. There's something else we want to do in the business. But that becomes right? their Bible. That becomes their, that becomes their right. So you're right. So you're saying you need the designated person, but then Almost, that yeah. actual customer journey document, that, that is their, their Bible and that they have something. And, and you can test things out, right? So if you, you know, you drop in another piece to the process, you drop in, um, uh, another sales team, another acquisition, any of those other things, you can drop them in and you can start to see, okay, this is what's going to come out of that box and how is it going to connect along the journey? Mm. And it's a lot easier to make sure that, yeah, these additional processes, they make sense. And if there's required data for this process, oh, am I capturing it in the steps before? So all those things the capturing make it, your can we use it. And exactly. I think sometimes, um, just like just a few comments there, I think sometimes, like anything, people will will harp and focus on delivering this perfect thing right away. We know that doesn't exist. It's no. like when I look at, we do this for our clients, and when I look at what we start with with what we end with, they're not even close to the same document. Mm -hmm. And I think the point is, well, you have to get the ball rolling somewhere, and Rome wasn't built in a day. And so one of the values, I think, I look at several different, very different styles of customers of ours who we have these kinds of journeys. And, and I think the one consistency across them all um, 
is they have an outside presence like an agency like goose Mm -hmm. um to sort of they can just view things without sort of any obstructed sort of preconceived notions or or sort of they're too in the weeds of their own business like we're just trying to understand this and so we, we, we don't have a, we don't have sort of a, a like a, a priority a or an agenda yeah. right so I, I think that's a really really good point and it's very hard to have somebody that's totally impartial within the organization yeah. that can orchestrate all of this and get all the people everybody at the table um, to share their ideas and then just kind of sit back and guide mm-hmm. without weighing in and saying, well, actually, no, you have more priority over you. And, and the important part there is that impartial um, person or group, the only real priority or responsibility that person or group would have is making sure that this makes sense and this is done to the best of the ability, sure. not appeasing their one, own department, yeah, department. Or, or need. Uh, and that pulls us out of purgatory. <laughs> so we, um, I think this is a good segue into how to go about it, implementing it. But we're at we're at the thirty minute mark, and we're trying to keep these podcasts. How, under, did, how under, did that happen? Yeah, I don't know because it's, it's so exciting. There's so much so, to talk about. But I think I, this is good fodder yeah, for. I mean, Kevin was six. rambling a lot. So <laughs> it was the lost thing, yeah, he was and then my peppering in and, and a few know, things. So like I think what we'll do is we'll. We'll carry it over to episode six, and and hopefully people like this. I mean, I don't know if they will. We'll we'll, we'll check. I mean, like it, subscribe it, rate don't it. Tell rate us it. What don't you don't think. not like it. Rate it. How many <laughs> networks are we on now? Like like Pretty we're on like a hundred networks. So good yeah. luck finding this and podcast. Tell, tell us who you want to hear more from. You know, Riley, Robin, you Riley. know, yeah. or somebody else. Yeah. You never yeah. Know. yeah, Riley. Um, Riley was really good today. Thank you for joining really us, good. Riley. It's a strong debut by Riley. Yeah, she she weighed in. <laughs> I think we'll invite her back. Robin, so, you're pretty good today too. Uh, well, well, Riley's going to be on episode six because like we're literally going to shoot it now. Oh, so okay, all right, <laughs> all right, we'll wrap this baby up. Episode six or four, five. Peace. Mm-hmm.